Welcome to Face It. Uh, this is your host, Matt, and we're here to talk about 1917. We got an early viewing of the film, thanks to Josh being a film uh, student. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was from school. Yeah. Uh, but it was great. It was a great experience. Yeah, you got to be able to get us free tickets to go see it. Yeah, free. Complete. I was super surprised. It was like on a Monday. It was just like, oh, there's a free screening. I'm like, yeah, what? Yeah, we went all the way to Toronto. I met up with you. Yeah. Is great. Yeah, we had a good time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, with us being able to go see the film early, we decided why not review it early mm-hmm. and uh, talk about it as soon as we can. So this review might be out the week before Christmas yeah. for them. I don't think we can do any spoiler talk at all. Um, I think we have to. I think we have to stay. You want to stay spoiler think, free? Yeah, because I'm not sure embargo issues with it. Because uh, I've seen other people review it, but not yeah. spoilers. So I think we got to stay spoiler free. For the most part. Well, we can do a spoiler one in recording. Oh, I see what you mean. I can yeah. release it after. Sure, never mind that. Okay, that works well. too. We'll do that. Because if we're releasing the first part by then, then you know. True, true. We'll probably have the second part out a little around New Year's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All yeah, right, let's. This comes out at Christmas time. Yeah, Christmas Day, 25th. It's, it's like Star Wars release day. No, I think it's the week before. Star Wars comes out the week before. Yeah, because like they got Star Wars and nothing's coming out, and then the week after it's like well, because no movie. one wants to compete with it. No, even though it's not good. I mean, maybe that's another story for another day. But uh, yeah, Star it's not War- gonna make any money. No, it's not. It's not. Gonna I'm not. Do gonna, well. I dude, I didn't even. Let's be honest. Go see the other one, and I but slept solo? through. Uh, I went and seen. I didn't see it in theaters solo, but I watched it. It's okay. it's it's, the, okay. it's fine. It's like a five. It's yeah. Just whatever. And then care. the. Uh, like the second part of the Force Awakens series, everyone's favorite movie, The Last Jedi. Yeah, The Last Jedi. Oof, I lo- I loved it, but I this slept is a different through topic. It. I slept through that one. I get it because it feels like it's three hours long. Well, it's just nothing happens. Topic for another day. <laughs> topic <laughs> for another day. Um, uh, okay, uh, so let's get into 1917. Why don't we? Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you're hearing this, Merry Christmas. Uh, of course, uh, if it's before Christmas or then, Hanukkah too, uh, yeah, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa, Happy Mazatov, New Year's, <laughs> oh yeah, New Year's, whatever you celebrate, Happy whatever, or Happy Valentine's Day if you're watching this two months after. You mean listening to this? Listening to this, Happy Easter. Um, we're we just gonna happy go Canada over Day. All, all the holidays. Uh, happy yeah, July Fourth, July Fourth weekend. Shout out to America. Love you. Yeah, yeah. Um, America. Uh, happy Civic Holiday. Uh, happy Labor Day. You can stop now. Uh, what other? Oh, Happy Halloween you for the stop. following year. Do you want me to cut your audio? <laughs> no. All right, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk about 1917, which is, uh, honestly, let's start, I think we have to start with how beautiful the film is, because it's a gorgeous film. It looks fantastic. It's so well done. You can tell the director was trying to go with something very uh, different for a war film because, you know, with most war films, you're stuck with this um, not generic story, but very similar storyline to other films. And they're always trying to kind of express as much as they can uh, the war at the time. Like you have Saving Private Ryan, where they actually have the troop, like the character, the actors, you know, go and do the troop training. Which, I guess, you know, is great for the actors, but if it really adds to the film in other ways, I don't see why, because they don't really 
associate any of those tactical maneuvers as much as you could consider, you know, uh, the military themselves using. And even in this film, with that, I don't know if you know the the characters had much training in this film, but you know they associated quite a bit of maneuvers. I'm but assuming the rehearsals of like planning out like the shots and stuff yeah. like that was enough training for them to feel miserable. Yeah. So it sold. Um, but yeah, this movie looks fantastic. Uh, the cinematographer for this, uh, Roger Deakins, um, he shot Blade Runner 2049. He's done uh, the two recent James Bond movies. He's done, what other ones? Uh, Sicario. He's done a bunch of Denny Villeneuve movies. And uh, they're he's, all... He's done, uh, oh, Shawshank Redemption. He yeah. shot that too. Yeah. He's been around forever and he's one of the best. And man, he showed it's it. amazing. It's so, like, he showed there's shots in this. In the shadowing he did, he showed it in through, you know, the shots he did with the crater scene that you and I goggled over. Yeah, like, there's some shots where you're just, like, so, like, how did they do it? Because if yeah. you don't know, the, I mean, I guess if you're listening to this, you may have seen it already. But, um, or you've researched it. Uh, the film is all one take. Or it's so supposed it looks, to be. It's supposed to be one take. But, but it's, it's seven um, that you counted. I Technically, yeah. Seven. I mean, they hide. They hide certain. Uh, be- well, actually, it's two takes. Who? Um, well, because he passes out. He passes. There's at one point where he passes out, and it cuts to black. And technically, yes. you could say it's two, but it's one take. It's sh- yeah. Um, but yeah, they basically fake it. How it's all one take, and it looks fantastic throughout. And you can, even though it's not show offy, because I think some like one take movies, or when they do a long take, could be very showy. Yes. Um, uh, I like the movie, but Roma kind of does it a lot with like a one take. It feels show offy to a certain extent, even though the story is kind of intimate. Yeah. And this one, it doesn't feel that way because it's always so close to the two central characters that it's like you're always following them and they're always in the center where it doesn't feel like even though when it like varies off certain aspects and like looks at the scenery well they really jolt you into the film too mm-hmm. like, they don't savor any time to explain what's happening they assume you know going into a war film about you know where it takes place that you're going to understand the time period and what's happening no you're much more yeah all that context comes from looking around and feeling the atmosphere that this yeah. movie creates they expect you to understand it like coming in what you're coming into yeah they're not gonna i mean they i think they say the date. I mean, I guess if they're not going to say this is World War One and uh, the Allied troops and blah, 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 blah. I don't even think that's the Allied. Eh? That's World War II. Um, but they're not going to give super backstory because for this movie, it's not important. What they care about is the two central characters and just the the atmosphere that the scene creates. And it's amazing. So the film stars George Mackay, Dean Charles, uh, Chapman. Mark Strong, Andrew Scott, Richard Madden. Um, but those are the kind of the main people. Uh, and the film is based apart on account of a uh, told to Mendez by his patriot grandfather. So I'm guessing his grandfather, Alfred Mendez, was a serving troop. And his story of two young British soldiers at the height of World War One during spring 1917 who have been given a mission to deliver a message which will warn of an ambush which uh, is going to assault one of the main characters' brothers. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the main plot. Yeah, they do. Two men on an adventure, two young boys basically, um, out to save one of their brothers. 
And the other one's basically like a brother through arms. Yeah. Um, on that note, being that they're boys, like they're young, like they must be our age. I'm not sure what their exact age is, but they look like, I mean, I'm 21, you're 21. Well, most um, war movies don't well depict they the don't. age of the troops. Saving Private Ryan, it's an amazing movie. But, but like, Vin Diesel, let's be honest, yeah. those guys weren't serving or at Tom that Hanks, point. Or Tom Hanks, like, I mean, there's they exceptions like to the rule, but yeah. there's like... Or uh, Fury, that's another example. Like, And they if they all were serving, they were all higher-ranked officers. Exactly, yeah, like Fury, something I just watched recently. Yeah. Like, that's like... They're amazing actors, but, like, they're all way too old for to what they would actually be there. who they are, yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, I guess you could suspend your disbelief. But this one really grounds you into that. Like, everyone in the movie, except for, like, officers and stuff, are, are young. Young, yeah. Like, even, like, the random soldiers that you'll see. On the like front kids. lines are all pretty young, Yeah, too. they're all young, yeah. Um, it's, yeah, I really enjoyed, like, everything. Um, there was smoking everywhere. Yeah, smoking everywhere. Which is pretty common. I was surprised there wasn't... Um, any other weirder things that were considered like there was no like trench foot and anything like that. No, but I you don't didn't think see that it represented anywhere. No, but it's gross. Like the yeah. film is just gross. It's dirty everywhere. Like everything's just run down and gross and dark and lots of dead bodies that are well modeled. Yeah. Those, those dead bodies. They weren't cinematography. At least most of them weren't. I couldn't, at least especially for a few scenes. You mean they, CGI? You mean? CGI. Thank you. Um, no, they must have been all real, because, I mean... Or at least models. I mean, I mean, I guess the best visual effects are when you can't tell when they are, but uh, yeah. that would be crazy if they were. If Those would look effects, too good. Yeah. Uh, I would expect some of them in the background were, but... Maybe. I'm assuming there's some enhancements. Like the horses, do you think those were... Those are just fake. Yeah. They probably just got... They probably just made a fake horse. Yeah. And they put it there. But then a lot of the CGI... Because there is visual effects in the movie is hiding cuts. Yes. Um, so, for example, um, the cabin. when they pass a tree, the cabin, or when like they pass a tree, for example, yeah. and a tree goes in front of the frame, they'll just like split up two different takes between that uh, frame. Exactly. Um, which is great. Which is like uh, really grounds you in the film, and it's natural. There's other parts in it where it, it kind of you can tell, oh, like this is a transition, but they don't want you to feel like, oh, it's a. That's kind of it's kind of nitpicking. I don't want to spoil it. Um, but there's certain parts where you're like, oh, like you can clearly tell, okay, that's the, that's the hidden cut right that's there. That's the transition. Yeah. But otherwise it's fantastic. It's not showy off. And when it's it, when it is, it's, uh, what's the word? Respectable or acceptable. Like it's fair. Okay. This is amazing. I'm Only glad you. Only thing I can call out for the CGI are the rats. Oh yeah. They're Maybe. Yeah. Kind of not the greatest. They're huge, but they don't, I don't Do think, think they're real. Do you think it was CGI? Oh, they were a hundred percent. You think? No I mean, way. A, a mouse or a rat would ever be do that, that big. Well, not be, be that big. Do what it did. I'm I'm thinking probably a couple shots they did. I'm assuming when like it's just on. You don't I think don't when know. it's just on the just on like those are not part. real. Um, I don't want to get into specifics. Um, those are as real as the ones in God or the uh, Gotham City and Joker. Oh yeah, they're pretty <laughs> not real. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. I didn't notice. I just think there's an obsession with putting rats and mice into things because uh, well, in gross. reality, it's gross and it's it's real. It adds realism to people's eyes, I think. They think it's more, oh, gross. Uh, that's what it was like. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I can kind of elaborate on how that feels and understand what they're going through by seeing it and visualizing it myself. 
but but rats are also just a visualization for like a yeah. gross underneath like living thing underbelly just, underbelly yeah like it's basically just a metaphor for that yeah um not much in this movie it's more just gross yeah it's just kind of um, but i think insinuate assuming. a plot and then continue it mm-hmm. and add depth to the two characters uh the yeah it's i'm i <laughs> we're start, i'm struggling for things to say because i don't have anything to say other than positives there's a couple of nitpick stuff, which we'll get into spoilers, but I loved it. I think what really helps in the movie is the direction. I too. think the only scenes that frustrate me are the ones where they're transitioning to a new event. Like, where he or any or any of the characters decide on events, like leaving doors open. I see or what you mean. going through things and leaving things to the uh, kind of your imagination. Yeah. And... That frustrated me a little bit because you knew they had to continue the plot and that he really wanted to get it across as fast as he could in the time that he had. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, those transitions kind of like pulled you away from the actual story because you felt like, oh, well, now I have to insinuate what happened. Well, I think it helps. I wasn't so annoyed with it because to me, there was a constant tension enough in it. Where I to was expecting to keep me to still appeal to what's to happening. Think about it. Yeah, because they set up early enough that oh no, something could happen, um, and you're worried constantly about what's going to happen with uh, the characters. Yeah. So you're like, oh no, is like something going to happen here? And it's like really quiet. Well, there's points where the story kind of just gets off trace. Yeah. The it's structured very much in like a wave. Yeah. So like it'll go on the high point and then kind of go back down and then high point and then go yeah. back down. And it goes like that basically through the entire film. Kind of like a roller coaster. Um, yeah. Very much like a roller coaster, which I mean is natural, I think, especially cause you wouldn't want, um, especially with a one take, it's difficult to trans, like you can't like constantly go from like action, to action, to action. You could, if this was a normal, a normal film, and, like, they just had, you know, normal shots and they cut naturally. It feels like each scene could almost be its separate, um, like, each transition could almost be its separate short film. Yeah. Um, uh, Dunkirk um, is basically, like I was mentioning, like, the editing in that is so good yeah. because it's constant. You never slow down. Yeah. Uh, there's never a, um, like, never a dull moment. That sounds like just a thing that would be on the box a dvd but there isn't there's never a downtime or anything it's always constant and they're always in fear of like just danger in this it's the same but different because in the fact that it's one take yeah anticipation because it's one take you can't like be constant all the time because your audience would get overwhelmed i think yeah so in transitioning from one take to another then there needs to be almost like a breath of like an inhale and then an exhale of calming down um, but even so, the film, yeah, is still, um, the film is naturally, like, still tense, even in those downtimes. And when there are other downtimes, the acting is fantastic, and you're getting involved with these character stories, which I wasn't expecting. So, let's talk about the characters for a little second here. That's probably my favorite part of the movie, because going in, my worry was, Oh, this is just one take on Dunkirk. So right? we have Lieutenant Leslie, uh, Colonial Mackenzie. Wait, what? What do you? Uh, look? I'm looking right here at the cast. The main. You know, this is some great. This is some great transition as we I look over to the screen. Oh, but that's that's Benedict Cumberbatch who played. 
Oh, uh, wait, they're not even top build? No. What the hell, man? Uh, Lieutenant Blake, which was Richard Madden, the guy, Mm -hmm. uh, at the cabin. And we're not going to explain what he's Um, doing there. But even the main actors, like, they're not top build? Well, because they're not big names. Oh, no, there they are. Uh, oh, I yeah. see you now. Yeah, they're a little bit down there. Well, he's the one guy's fifth, and then where's yeah. uh, where's the other guy? Oh, there he is. Okay, so they're fifth. See, I think in the credits, I think they're first credited. I know why. This is a totally op. Like, was it? Yeah. Was well, it? it's just how IMDb works. Yeah. Um. Also, on a totally unrelated note, that always frustrates me. Like, I know why. Uh, like billing. There's a certain reason for it because. You know, the star power of the actor, the contracts they make. So at a certain point, like, you know, they need their name up top, right? Because they're the star or whatever. But, like, especially when they're not the main character, I don't know. Part of me just, that gets frustrated. Because it's like, you didn't even do that much work compared to the two main actors, for example. They did this amazing work, and they don't even get top credit. Like, for example, in um in Force Awakens, like, uh, the main three cast don't even get uh, credited until... Uh, Mark Hamill gets credited and he's in the last five seconds of the movie. It's, uh, I mean, I get why, cause they're, you know, they're big stars, but it's just frustrating. I, that, that's a, that's a totally unrelated note, but, um, but on the other note, yeah, the characters are fantastic in this. They actually do have characters despite Dunkirk. So Dan Charles Chapman is Lance Corporal Blake. Blake. Yeah. yeah, and then his brother Sheffield, right? Uh, is Lieutenant Blake, uh, who is uh, Richard Madden, uh, and then yeah, I think the other one is Sheffield. I think his name yeah. was right. Yeah, the other kid, yeah, Lance Corporal Sh- Sheffield. Yeah, which they're... is George or George uh, McKay. Um, great job, them too. They both did great. Well, you could question Gene Charles Chapman's portrayal. Um, uh, well, near the end of his so uh, scene. So that's a. I don't mean to, I don't mean to correct you, but I think what your problem is is how the direction was and how his acting was. Yeah, because his acting, I think, was great. I think what your problem is is what his direction was, and it's it's the difference between the execution of the role and what the role is. Mm-hmm. Um, say, I mentioned it earlier, but a good example is Fury. Uh, Shia LaBeouf yeah. acts the hell out of that movie. Yeah, he is great. His role, he does like nothing. He has like no character or anything in it, even yeah. though like he acts the hell out of it. That's when I say the acting is good. That's what I'm mentioning, like their execution of the role. I think is fantastic. His character, I think Blake, right? Yeah, Blake. Yes. Um, he's a very naive um, person, very naive, um, hopeful, um, and he's urgent. Like, so you feel he played what he could into that uh, direction that was given to him. Yeah, and I like the direction of the role he was given. I understand why you don't. Yeah. Um, or I shouldn't say that. It's not like you didn't. You had problems with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I still just think had you liked it. With it. Um, but um. Yeah, I think his execution of what he was given was great. Yeah. Um, it's it's hard to describe. It's it help. It's very helpful, at least to me, because I've I've directed actors before, yes. so I know where faults. Like you can, I don't know. You can tell. It's hard if you don't know. I guess. Yes. Um, 
but let's let's move away because it's very minutia. Um, <laughs> but uh, especially uh, George McKay, who plays Sheffield, I thought was fantastic. Yeah, his his role throughout the movie it's um, surprisingly um, it subverted my expectations yeah. a lot because uh, you're expecting one thing and then as you, it goes you along receive a quite he becomes, a different tenor. yeah uh, it becomes very different um, which was very great um, and the way his information about his backstory and stuff is revealed is very excuse me very um, one res- I guess respectful maybe that's not the word it's uh investing because you're like trying to figure out what you know what his backstory is and that sort of yeah. thing but it's not like outright telling you like when stuff is revealed it's not like he's saying well, like a monologue kind of like a Quentin Tarantino film they leave uh, quite a bit open for interpretation to what you want to receive it as yeah quite early into the film <laughs> and they leave your mind kind of wandering to the direction of what his character is and mm-hmm. where he belongs in the film. Yeah. And you kind of stabilize, oh, is this character going to die? Is he going to live? What's going to happen with him? That's with everyone, yeah, too. Yeah, and you kind of want to predict what's happening to these characters, mm-hmm. and that leaves you kind of in suspense in some ways mm-hmm. because in certain scenes you just kind of really don't know what's going on because they leave the music in quite a suspenseful mood and it could be just a conversation happening between the two characters Mm -hmm. now understand this movie is based mostly on these two characters Mm -hmm. so you don't really see the point of view of really anyone else it's kind of just simultaneously these characters yeah they never they never leave points of view yeah they never kind of betray any other characters uh, thoughts off screen mm-hmm. it's kind of just subjugated to what's happening with these guys and what they're going through which really helps the it being one take too because you're structurally you're always following them so i mean if it was one take and let's say like it wandered around the entire time you'd be so overwhelmed and i'm assuming the crew too would be so overwhelmed because you're like they have to control everything whereas yeah. now it's just okay it's just two people and you just follow them the entire time my other issue with the film is the introduction to the more I guess, famous talent, I guess you could call it, like Benedict Cumberbatch mm-hmm. and any of the other like higher-ranking officers. When you, Whenever you had those higher-ranking officers kind of show up, uh, they kind of just like, oh, like, who is it? Like, oh, like, I can only see his feet. And then they kind of give a full view of what's happening. And you're like, oh, am I supposed to be awed by who this is playing this high-ranking officer? Is that supposed to make me feel, I don't know, some association to that character or that betrayal of that character i'm assuming it's see i don't know is this a spoiler i don't think it's a spoiler because well we know two you see two in the trailer but there's one who you don't see who's a reveal late or two that there's reveals for um i don't know if it's a spoiler or not um i think the point of them is that since the two main actors are very um you know like not independent but uh unknowns like mm-hmm. this is the first time you've seen them in anything that it when adds you see like strength a, to the cast yeah like not strength but when you see like a person you recognize there's a certain elevation and like oh it's an actor now so mm-hmm. i think you the audience feeling that oh it's like an actor actor now is what the characters would have felt oh it's the officer now yeah so i think like automatically you would get a certain respect for it um so you think it was supposed to be like meta i think it's purposeful i'm assuming also, they're just good in the movie. <laughs> I, I don't know. I liked, I liked uh, introducing these char- like these the way small little characters. Did. Yeah, and all of it. their speeches were meaningful and well felt, and yeah. 
they really added to the film. They mm-hmm. added uh, to what the character's understanding of war and life was, and they helped them along their journey. Is the best way to put it. They really were kind of the uh, the wizard. The whole, you know, like on their adventure, they were the Gandalf. Mm-hmm. You know, leading their path yeah. through this whining adventure to go save the one brother. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Yeah, they, they really were... Because this film, it, don't think about it not as an adventure film. Because this film is a well-off more an adventure film than anything that you could consider Fury. It's the best kind of... Dunkirk, or Saving Private Ryan even. these the, Those films I consider more war-torn movies that are like focused on the conflict that is war where this movie's more focused on brotherhood more focused on the ideals of what these troops went through it's more really focused on the generic soldier and what they went through i'm not saying any soldier is generic any one who served is generic no, what i'm saying is is like the common soldier the common soldier the common man who served during the war and that's what you're experiencing here not some super secretive dude on a mission to go save some dude halfway across France who's with Vin Diesel and all. Yeah, it's one cog in the machine. Yeah. Whatever. This is just, these guys are just whoever and mm-hmm. they're doing an impossible mission that their commanding officers barely believe they could commit to. And it's just, and it's awesome. Yeah. That's the other thing too. It's not, um, you know, you don't it is feel like film. they can actually complete the task the whole time either. No, right? yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's not a really a moment where you're like, yeah, well, they're gonna get through it. Yeah, there's not really a moment. Yeah, or uh, there's not a moment where like, oh, they wouldn't survive that in real life. Uh, maybe once. Um, there's like, okay, well, how did you survive that? Come on. Yeah. Um, but not really. There's, I mean, there's, uh, you know, it's grounded. Um, but despite like we're kind of talking about it like in a very artistic way, I think. But it is an artistic film. It is, but it's also an awesome movie. That's the other. That's my favorite type of movie. Like you don't have to look at it from the artistic point of view. No. We just look at it that way because that's that's who we are. We went to go and exam, examine like what the film was, and express it to you. So through our eyes, it definitely was a very artistic film. But if you but just want to just enjoy a-, a great adventure film, if you love Indiana Jones, The Goonies, any of those kind of like super. Or even uh, or Saving Private Ryan too. Saving even like, Saving good, Private Ryan. If yeah. you like Mash, you know, like if you like any of these kind of like, not even comedy based, but just like war, that's focused on you know the general man, like the mm-hmm. the normal guy instead of the super overpowered guy who knows kung fu and all these other ma- martial arts because mm-hmm. he's a top secret whatever he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's the perfect mix of... It's just a normal guy. Yeah. It's the perfect... This movie's just the perfect mix of, like, you know, deep art film where, like, there's all these themes and stuff, but it's not boring. There's all this background that you, you can play into if you really yeah, want exactly, to. exactly, right? There's... I mean, it's... Yeah, it's chock-filled with, like, metaphors and stuff, which uh, we can get into the spoilers, maybe. But uh, this is still, like... It's still a blockbuster. It's my favorite type. Like, I think... Um, I think what Martin Scorsese said about Marvel movies and stuff... Um, you know, calling them a roller coaster and stuff like that, I think is true. Um, but I think they can both be like an art film and a roller coaster can both and be this great. Is what happened? And then I think this is my types of favorite movies. That, that Where kind you of have the roller both. coaster and you have the still 
quality of an art film. Yeah, exactly. There's the, yeah, there's the quality there that it's it's not just you know off slapped the together line. with a ton of yeah. you know light effects and <laughs> you know it feels like there's a vision behind it yeah. and that sort of thing um, and care and real characters behind it and a heart to it. Yeah, I don't know. It's like it's my favorite. It's it's my favorite type of movie. I love that. And no matter how much I like you know a slow burn drama where it's just people talking, you know, no matter how good that will be. Or no matter how good, uh, um, you know, a Marvel like movie Chinatown. is. Yeah, like a China. Well, no, I would a Chinatown's like I would that say it, no, I would thing. say a Chinatown is a good, like a mixed movie. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. I think you could just watch that as a mystery without yeah. any of the more thematic things that is going on with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is my type of favorite type of movie. I love like a Dark Knight. I think is per- like a perfect example of that. You know, a well-made just blockbuster. And that's what I think is also missing these days, right? You always feel like you get one or the other. And this is one where there's a good mix. There's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of good movies like that this year. Once Upon a Time, time in Hollywood <laughs> um, is like that, too. Um, Parasite's like that, too. Lighthouse is like... Um, well, actually, The Lighthouse, I think, is a little I, more I think a lot of people can be receptible to The Lighthouse. But then at the same time, if you're not into that cultured uh, type of film... Then it's not. I regret my statement. Record. That the lighthouse is very art art film. Yeah, um, but I think Parasite isn't, um, or something like Ad Astra too. That's yeah. another one where it's very metaphorical and stuff, but it's also just an awesome space movie. Exactly. Um, um, yeah, I don't know. I just I love this movie. Everything about it, I loved. The music was awesome too. Yeah, it, um, it reminded me a lot of. Uh, I guess Battlefield in a way, like because Battlefield One and Battlefield Two soundtracks. They're, I don't know, they make me kind of pumped up. They kind of make me pumped up to play the game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this this movie does it the same way where they kind of incorporate those military monotones and the sounds of, like, trumpets mm-hmm. and well-orchestrated uh, phenomenal and it's not horribly uh, violins. Yeah, and it's not horribly, like, obtrusive either. No. Like, and it's it, not, like, overbearing, like, an interstellar where it's, like, just the music and you can't hear anything. Yeah, it's, it's more of the music's just there to underlay the situation and make you either feel intense or make you feel loathing or even just the idea of uh, passion towards these characters mm-hmm. and what they're going through. And, you know, the music well portrays these moods and sets the mood well for the, the film. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I can agree with you with yeah. the, the sound. Oh, uh, what else is great? Literally, I love I love like everything about this movie. It's one of my favorites of the year by far. Um, I can see very much in the acting. Yeah. Um, I hope it does. I don't know. Maybe we can talk about that later. I don't think it will. You don't think so? Except for one, which is the cinematography. Yeah. Um, but other than that, even though it should, uh, I don't think it will. Um. There's other films that have been really. There's good other films, too. and I mean, there's more. But if you're a war movie buff, this is the film for you. Oh yeah, like the the accuracy. weapons, the weapon accuracy is perfect. Uh, only commanding officers have pistols. You have uh, the proper faction. I want to say faction, but you know, you have the Germans who have the proper German weaponry. Oh, I see. Proper German yeah. outfit. They're not wearing something that's kind of outrageously different from what mm-hmm. the time period was. Uh, you have accurate military uniforms on. Uh, everyone, uh, but a lot of them were the same. So you could say that, you know, there wasn't as much diversity in the background, but you still had a lot of quite amazing diversity of referencing in the background where you had the Newfoundlanders, which were just a colony. At the yeah. Time. They referenced the, you have, yeah. uh, a few serving, 
uh, officers from India. Uh, yeah, there's a couple black some, people too. Uh, African American officers serving because you know they would have stormed already and uh, got involved. Mm-hmm. So you have definitely diversity shown in this film, and you know the director is a diverse person, so he wants to, of course, portray the film in the light of a more diverse cast. Yeah, and but it's not it's not like a It's not overburning. Right? It's not saying like, "Oh, look at all these." It's not uh, Battlefield 5. Yeah, it's not trying to shove it in your face that you have diversity in the game or like diversity in the film. It's trying to be like, "Oh, it's there because it existed." He's just trying to elaborate mm-hmm. that these things were there. Yeah. Whether you not like it or not, they were there. And and it's so like it's so like a small just, note. Like you see it It's not like even intrusive. No. It's just kind of there. And it's well, it's well interpreted in the film. Uh, I, that's all I smoking. Say uh, I, they didn't show off what they were smoking really, but there's still a lot of smoking in the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I liked yeah. it. What people were doing, it's yeah. true. But like, you couldn't directly see all of the things that were going on in trenches. It was mostly just people sleeping. Or, but I think that would have taken away. From you think they, what, the pace? Of I the was film. already, I guess being taken away to what was happening in the background already. So maybe even if they added more, it would have been more intrusive to th- what the conflict of the main two characters were. Well, I think in the beginning, yeah, I think, because I felt the same way at the very beginning. There's so much going looking, on in the beginning. Yeah. Because you're, you're just like, whoa, what, who is this? What is that? Yeah. Whoa, and you're looking around, guns. And you're not sure exactly what to focus on yeah. yet. And I think it takes a second to like, okay, I'm supposed to be looking at them. But so does any Quentin Tarantino film. That's true. Especially Reservoir Dogs. They just introduce you into a scene where a character's dying in the back seat. No, but I think that's, I think it's a different kind of confusion. Yeah. Because of the way the film's shot. This is more take a second conflict to, confusion than it yeah, is Yeah, you're like, oh, what's, what confusion. am I supposed to be looking at? Like, yeah. am I supposed to be kind of looking around everywhere and noticing every detail? Like, it's not, it's not real. It, it is kind of that film, but it's not like, you're not meant to be like looking at the top all the corner. Details, for, they, they kind of openly leave for you. You think yeah. they're going to go somewhere. They don't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, it's not. Yeah. I don't think. Yeah. All the details are there. It's just not one of those where it's like, those oh, matter. look at the background and you'll see like blah, blah, blah happening. And it's not like crazy coronation. Well, it is. Um, but they're not <laughs> and, important. Yeah. It's not important. Yeah. It's not the focus of the film. They're um, there and it's well interpreted, yeah. but it's not important. No, it's yeah. It's I just there to elaborate what's happening in the conflict. Um, anything else that we want to discuss? I think yeah, we discussed uh, characters and actors, which is the part I like the most. I guess we gotta get Direction. in digging deep soon. Yeah. All right. So, want to give final thoughts? Um, well, we can talk about the Rotten Tomato score. The Rotten Tomato score at the moment. Do they have one? Yes, they do. Oh, they do? They do. Oh. So it's 93 right now for a uh, critic score. How many reviews are there? There is 61 counted reviews. Okay, good. Okay, that's not like a dumb number. There's a few splatters. What do they say? Uh, Robbie Collin of Daily Telegraph. uh, Let there be no doubt that everyone involved in 1917 gave their all to the exercise but its ultimate status as an exercise is likewise, without doubt. So he's basically calling oh. the film just kind of an exercise of the power of what the director and the cinematographer can do. Oh. I mean, I, I mean... It kind of is, I but mean, that's a valid... I mean, it's not like a stupid take. It's not an take. argument. No, it's just not a stupid take. He's saying that... Yeah, he's saying that, oh, everything was done well, I just didn't like it. Yeah. Which is fine. 
Uh, this is not a dumb take. It's not like. Let's see what are the other ones. A Dowd, which is from AV Club. It's hard to totally invest of these frazzled grunts when they're both filmed and characterized like a video game avatar guided from one level to the next. And I said that too, but I totally disagree. But I, I thought that was what, what made it a good thing. I love Uncharted 2 and Uncharted 2 did a very similar thing where they continuously kept the plot going in a way that like you go scene from scene. But it, it definitely there was a, a few scenes that very much felt like I was in an adventure game watching an adventure game cutscene, mm-hmm. and whether or not that makes it worse off, I don't think so. No, I, I think, think a lot of video games do cutscenes most of the time, sometimes better than films can do it. You know, you have The Witcher who does phenomenal cutscenes. You have you know I sat well. Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. I'm not going to reference any of the other ones because the other ones don't do the greatest cinematography as much as Brotherhood did. I think Ford does has a decent enough script. Yeah, brother or the uh, Black Flag. Black Flag. Yeah, has a decent enough script, but like filming, like I guess cinematic wise. Yeah, it's not the you know it could have a little bit more. But Uncharted is a great example. Last, Last of Us. He yeah, has the obvious one. Um, All great. Yeah. They could be almost films on their own without, like, I, I've seen people actually piece a lot of adventure games like that together and put them on YouTube. As like yeah, it's film. like all cut scenes, yeah. like little movie version. And you um, could literally watch these things as a film almost. And I think that's kind of a point that the director and the crew and the writer were going for, at least, to incorporate, you know, the aspects of what video games try and portray as war. Because it's very similar to the idea of what real war is. So why not take that as an example and use it in your own works? Yeah, like that kind of avatar type thing, really. Like the, yeah, that avatar type of, you know, where the camera is and that sort of thing really helps you get grounded uh, in the film and really attached to the characters. Because that's the it thing game does so well. Because you don't know much about these characters. Mm-hmm. So when you are put in their point of view, it feels... A little bit like, oh, I'm here. Yeah, you're there with them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here. You're with there them. with them. You're like a, that, a friend on the adventure, yeah. the third guy, the mm-hmm. third beetle. Yeah. But 93%. Yeah, that's still good. I think, I mean, I would rate it a little bit higher, but uh, that is definitely deserved. Uh, it's not like the 69 or whatever that Joker has, which is too low. Um, but I could debate that. Um, a 69? Yeah. I mean, that's also the perfect number. That's kind of what I gave it. I mean, I guess, yeah. But that's like the perfect number for like Joker. Yeah. Is it actually 69? Can you check? I'm pretty sure it is. I think that would be like the best thing ever. Because like, you know, the whole society meme. Joker's right? at 69 right now. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Congrats, Joker. You think you did they purposely it. did that? I think that's why I made a billion dollars. Because everyone's like, oh, 69%? Gotta see that. So <laughs> let's give our final thoughts. Why not? I want to hear you go first. You want me here to go? Me I want you to go first. Because so I mean, for me, you don't mind. It's... Uh, it's going to sit at about an 8 out of 10 because of the cabin scene being so taken away from the film and the cow, which you will hear more about in the spoilers. But that took away from the film so much for me that it, it I lost those scores. But for the cinematography, the direction of the film, the well-portrayed characters when they were done, they were done well. So, with whether or not they trained for the film, whether or not they worked hard and well betrayed the acting, or whether or not they just read the script really well, I don't know, but they did well in portraying these characters, 
and uh, I have to give them the benefit of the doubt for that. And so just from that scene being so Shakespearean for me, I it lost me. But that's my final take. It's it's an eight that's out of fair. ten. That's fair. Um, yeah, I loved it. I think it's one of the best of the year. Uh, the acting, direction, cinematography, like you said, are all fantastic. And it just grounds you there in it. And it's such an achievement artistically and just entertainment-wise that I think is just worth... It's worth seeing. And it's one of the best of the year. I would give it a 10 out of 10. All um, right. It's not perfect. I don't think a 10 out of 10 means it's perfect. I think a 10 out of 10 means you give your full effort. Yeah, you give your full effort, and I think it's 100% worth it. I don't think there's ever a perfect movie either. Like, I had, like, small little nitpicky issues, but even then, I think the those... I had, like, two issues with the movie, and, like, those issues are so minuscule compared to, like, just my entire enjoyment and all I felt during this movie. I think it's fantastic. It's one of the best of the year. Go see it. All right. So that is our spoiler-free review of 1917, your Christmas war film coming out for you very soon. And we got to see it early, and so we decided to give you exactly what we thought. So tune in next time to hear our spoiler part review of 1917 and hear exactly our in-deep thoughts on each scene. And uh, we'll hear, hopefully, hear from you in the comments and we'll get some uh, reception from what you guys think. Your thoughts on the film if you go see it. We'd love to hear what you think and maybe have those uh, in our next review at the end and maybe talk about a little of your thoughts. It'd be great to hear from you. So, uh, tune in next time and thank you. Thank you for coming, Josh. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you guys again. Thank you so much for listening. All right. Bye. This has been Face It. We're critics. Scene. <laughs> That's where we're going to go into first, I know. <laughs>